This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, a win to end United's week from hell. And Dundee hit deadline day this May. Hello and welcome to Twa Teams One Street, episode number 184. It's George Cran here again on intro duty. Uh, feels like an age since we last recorded. We are doing this a day later than usual. Um, but it feels long since we last recorded, mainly because of how long deadline day took, or felt like it took. Felt like the longest day ever. But a lot has happened since uh, since we last did a Twa Teams One Street. Um, that's probably the understatement of the century. Um, as always, to talk through all <laughs> the big exciting bits, Mr Dundee United, Alan Temple, how's it going? Yeah, very well. I'm, I'm glad we delayed uh, this podcast until <laughs> after deadline day. It was really worthwhile for both Dundee and Dundee United, wasn't I th- it? I think so. I think so. Uh, and that's not... Just the words of a very tired man who stayed up all night for nothing. <laughs> uh, also joined, it's a Twa Teams debut for Mr Angus Scott Lorimer. So welcome to Twa Teams One Street, Mr Lorimer. Thank you very much. A deadline day signing. <laughs> not, not one to get excited about at all though. So I don't know. We'll take what we can get <laughs> at this point. Lots of experience though in the podcast game. The old Tilly's Terrace Talk. You were the man behind the uh, yeah, behind those, the microphone. Those were the days. Making feel old now, though. To be honest, <laughs> you had to sit and listen to Tom Duthie and uh, Liam Kennedy. I mean, hope you got overtime for it. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're big boots to fill as well. The bears off. Do you think you can do enough to keep the jersey for next week? <laughs> I'll I'll try my best. Uh, lacking match fitness, but we'll see how we go. Oh, you'll have to because Bear's not here next week as well. So. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, we'll move on. Again, it's going to be United at the start because things just keep happening at Tannadice. Uh, although nothing happened on deadline day, just like somewhere else across the road. But um, Alan, how much sleep have you got this week? Yeah, it's been a, a heck of a week. It's, I remember sitting here last week and, and Bear rightly said it wasn't quite a crisis, but a you know, a complete collapse or something remarkable happening against Celtic could quickly make it a crisis. And I don't think any of us predicted 9-0. Um, and although every every common sense bone in my body kind of tells me that seven competitive games is no time to judge a manager, um, especially a manager that, and I'm not going to try and be clever with the benefit of hindsight, I did and still do think is a decent manager, Jack mm. Ross, However, it was quite clearly things were snowballing and spiralling into something um, quite uh, disturbing almost that just something wasn't right. Uh, A lot of people were in completely the wrong movie. Um, That much became uh, totally evident. So I think 23 goals, conceding 23 goals in four games is something Mm. that I've uh, never come across. I can't think of any comparable collapse, and it is something that probably had to be the prerequisite to to a change. Um, yeah, uh, so whirlwind 
tenure um, and will go down as a, a strange footnote in Dundee United's history. But it is so peculiar that it feels like something, you know, season-defining has happened, but it's happened in the, the window of the start of this season. Mm. So there still is basically an entire season to recover from. So although this is something to be reflected on and we can pick through the bones of it, Dundee United are also in this weird situation that not only are they looking to recover and kickstart their season, but they're basically looking ahead to an entire season. Yeah. It's, you know, all this happened before August was out, which is incredible to think of. So there is basically still an entire campaign to to go through. And first of all, Dundee United need to get off the bottom of the league and prove that they're not bona fide relegation candidates. But beyond that, they're now in the last eight of the, the League Cup. And who knows what the, the season will hold. But my goodness, what a, what a strange... Um, 10 week period this will go down as. <laughs> it's probably the wrong time to fall in the footsteps of Bournemouth I would say it seems like they were <laughs> cosmically linked this week same result and then the, the ma- obviously you can't change the, the players at least that we, easily so exactly. you change the manager at least we didn't um, at least that result meant, meant we couldn't in all good faith be uh, have to endure English pundits telling us that we were a pub league because of a nine 0 <laughs> So that was actually a kind of saving grace of that of that Liverpool Bournemouth result. But yeah, as you say, listen, you don't ship nine goals and ship goals in the manner that Dundee United did, unless there's something fundamentally wrong. Mm. Um, there will obviously be the whole down tools thing. Their dressing room are against the manager. They're trying to get him sacked. That's something that you watch the game and as a, as a supporter, your visceral reaction is that football... Added to with Olivia. Yeah, result exactly. Football and football dressing rooms aren't quite as simple as that. You know, 25 people don't get together and decide <laughs> to get the manager sacked. Um Somebody in the coaching staff would have noticed that, you know. It's, yeah. it's, so that's not really how it works. However, was something not clicking? Were certain people dissatisfied, and did that maybe bleed over onto the pitch? And then it becomes a, a a spiral. It becomes something that's incredibly hard to stop. Yeah, probably quite clearly something wasn't clicking, and Jack's message wasn't getting across. And all it takes is to be. 10, 15% off it, whether you mean to, whether it's malicious or whether it's just you're not feeling it. All it takes is that 10, 15% and a team like Celtic will tear you apart. Mm. Now, it it shouldn't be the case and I'm not defending professional footballers that don't perform up to the standards to which they're capable, but uh, as no one listening had a, a bad day at work, not like their boss and maybe not put in the effort. Now, as I say, should not happen, not justifying it, but... There is a middle ground between a grand conspiracy to get the manager sacked and and everything else. It's, it's not quite as, I don't think, as extreme as some people have made out. But fundamentally, having said all that, quite clearly a, a change was was needed. And yeah, as I said a couple of times, it's just, it didn't click. It wasn't mm. right for several parties. And now it's just a case of how, how one recovers from that. And Scott, throw you in the deep end here, straight into Dundee United misery. Um, yeah, the fans are automatically going to assume that it was all the manager's fault and that sort of stuff. But 
players that they've got to there's a bit of uh, personal pride I would say being a footballer and they obviously showed a bit of that on Wednesday Livingston they need to do that at Mullawalla on Saturday don't they yeah well I've not seen the full game just some of the highlights from the Livy Livy uh, help but I mean, it was, it was... Night and day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nailed on. You know, you, just the way that everything was turning out, you, you knew that uh, they, were, they were going to turn up and, and show a, a performance. And, and they certainly did that against a tough Livy side who I believe they've not won at Almond Vale or the Tony Macaroni Arena. Apologies. <laughs> since, uh, what, 2003 or something? Is that 2000, right? It was 2005. It's still, still, yeah. still a hefty old... I mean, James Grady and Stevie Crawford scored the, the goal, right. so that maybe gives us a sense of perspective. Yeah. And by all accounts, it wasn't a great performance by Livy, who have uh, seemed to have excelled this season with a man I know very well in, in Team Joel Newbley. Um, maybe weren't on their game on Wednesday night. Now that's a fantastic result to have got on uh, Wednesday, and surely they're going to be able to put that into practice against some other well side who, um, you know, have. I had a good result last weekend, yeah, think, yeah. but I mean, have had a bit of a rocky start to the season themselves. So, um, well, their manager disappeared even before. Yeah. I was going to say, Rosted, he, yeah, so. Scott makes a good point. They've had the same sort of European humiliation vibe that they've had to <laughs> yeah. recover from. So, I mean, there are parallels there. So, so maybe Millwall are the are the, the example to follow uh, at the moment for United. Not long term, I would say. Yeah, uh, it's it's an away trip as well. We'll have to see how they get on. I mean, Mullerwell did get a big win in midweek as well. Yeah, so confidence will be high on both sides, but it's going to be a tough one to call. I think. Yeah. But. And and Alan talking about the the players down tools and all that sort of stuff. As I say, the, the personal pride kind of kicks in after you get beat nine nine nil. You have to show something. They obviously did that. Mm-hmm. Do you know that can be part of it as well, can't it? Not the whoever the manager's going to be, the players are going to tell themselves that we can't be even close to that again. Yeah, that slightly sticks in the craw to me because I don't really see why personal pride should kick in after a 9-0 when it didn't after the 7-0. But nevertheless, it has taken what it's taken to give these players a kick up the backside. Um, And there is only so much benefit in carrying out a a consistent post-mortem. What has happened has happened and there's quite a lot of players um, certainly in terms of performances that haven't covered themselves in glory at the start of this season um, they you know professional footballers know when they're not playing well mm. and when they're not doing themselves justice so um, I'll not be I'm not talking out of school by saying that so it's it's taken what it's taken the, which is the manager leaving to get a response and what midweek did show is United have a decent team. It's something that was starting to sound hollow when people said it because they were enduring so many humiliating defeats. But against Livingston, they snapped into tackles, they pressed, they passed, they chased back, they bombed forward. Ryan Edwards was brilliant. Charlie Mulgrew was superb at the back. Ian Harks broke the line. Jamie McGrath didn't stop running. Stephen Fletcher was unbelievably good in attack and linked up really well with Tony Watt, who had his best game of the season. So, um, yeah, it was a bit like a flick of the switch, which will stick in the craw of some people for Mm. sure. But 
at the same time, what it did do is illustrate that Dundee United are a, a capable football team. And if they show that, then they should be fine this season. What fine means um, r- remains to be seen because they've given themselves a, you know, a wee bit of work to get towards the, the, the top six. They're already eight points adrift of six places in Mirren. So things are you know, already getting away from them a wee bit in that regard. But they they should be fine. They're a they're a, they're a decent side, and now that this um, sorry episode is out of the way, you would imagine them to they will kick on a, to an extent. Whether that's a win at Motherwell, I don't know mm. because that Motherwell are a, are a good side and inform um, inform already on nine points, eight points ahead of um, Dundee United. So there's no guarantee. But I'm speaking more generally in terms of the are Dundee United in a relegation battle. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that will happen. No, wait and see. Um who takes over for, from Jack Ross? Mark Ogren put out a statement saying it may be lengthy search. So Liam Fox, an interim charge at the moment. The names that have been mentioned, Duncan Ferguson <laughs> would be interesting. Malky Mackay, Neil Lennon, Kevin Thompson, Michael O'Neill. Obviously connections up here. Charlie Mulgrew and Barry Robson's also in the bookies list. Uh, what's your thinking? Obviously, you wrote a piece about Liam Fox and whether he might get it long term. I mean, what are you thinking at this stage, Alan? Well, it's interesting. Mark Ogden's comments about it being a, a lengthy search and, and something they'll take their time with, whether it's intended or an unintended consequence, it puts Liam Fox in pole position. Entirely dependent on results, but... Of course, if it, the longer it takes to search out a new manager, to go through the applications, to think about what's next, that's more games that Liam Fox is in the hot seat for. And if he wins those games, he becomes increasingly impossible to ignore because there's a good squad there. And if he proves empirically with results that he is a man that can get a tune out of that squad, mm. then why... He's well liked as well, isn't yeah, he? And yeah, and why would Mark Ogren risk signing another check and what has been an expensive <laughs> yeah. couple of months for him. So expensive week, never mind a couple of months. Yeah. So the the consequence of of the time that, that Liam Fox will get in the dugout is that he has the chance to earn himself the job. Whether or not that happens will be entirely dependent on results. But you know, you you look at the games they've got, Motherwell away, then they've got a, a hib side that I don't think are a good side, frankly. Mm. And then Rangers where expectations will be low and Dundee United fans have been conditioned this season to just think if they can compete with a side like yeah. Rangers then that will be something of achievement given they've shipped seven against AZ Alkmaar and nine against Celtic if they can play a team like Rangers and just do themselves justice then uh, that will reflect well on Liam Fox so it's interesting the Duncan Ferguson link is is fascinating um, you know there's, there's obviously this Perception of, of Tony Asgard as a as a boogeyman figure amongst some of the Dundee United fans, and as ever in this uh, in this game, the uh, the truth always tends to be somewhere in the middle of people's perceptions. Yeah. But one thing no one will disagree with is Tony's an absolutely massive personality with big opinions, and he's very forthright. And him and Duncan Ferguson working together just sounds. Uh, 
fascinating let's call it fascinating <laughs> shall we um so that would be a a very interesting one and honestly the, the rest of the list are your standard yeah dundee united uh, or your standard club hasn't properly started the search but the bookies have to make a list list um so it's guys you know, who are available exactly guys who have a connection to the club basically. so it's it's pinch assault stuff and a low fans want news fans want progress listen we're not going to we're not going to kid them on. That's a that's a list when a real list by Dundee United has yet to be made. Yeah. Oh, Liam but, Fox is clearly the the sensible option. The the but as an independent party, I think everyone everyone wants to see Duncan Ferguson <laughs> yeah. get the job. <laughs> I know. It'd I make your job a lot more interesting as well, Alan. I'm sure there'd be yeah. stories about. Absolutely, but to be fair, I've, I've heard he's an absolutely charming man. It but, does seem that yeah. way. Yeah. And his reputation of being a proper hard man it kind of goes against that, but there's. Oh, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't cross him oh, no. happily. Maybe but that's why. <laughs> Everyone's so nice to him. The school uh, pass rates in Dundee will rock it with all these, all these videos. Or, oh, they'll, not, they'll not understand his uh, half Scottish, half Scouse accent. Are you, sl- are you slagging him off, George? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then running away. Uh, no, I'd be very much up for that as well. And, and it, from all accounts, he, he's seems quite interested in speaking to Dundee United obviously knows the club well been a player here and wants to be a manager made that clear when he left Everton uh, at the start of the summer uh, and the fact that he left Everton would suggest that he maybe doesn't need the big bucks in terms of he'd be quite happy to take a, a kind of what would have been a prolet uh, wage cut from what he was earning at Everton as a coach to, to become a manager and kind of start that off so never know obviously Michael O'Neill's just left Stoke be yeah. amazed if Michael O'Neill's interested in it he's, he's, he's still got a championship job sure. he'll have got a six figure payoff yeah. and seeing what happened with Jack Ross regardless of who might be to blame I, I doubt someone with the reputation that Michael O'Neill would still have would think to themselves I'll put that reputation on the line by going up to Dundee United. Yeah. It's, it's just a perception thing more than anything. I doubt that Michael O'Neill would give it much countenance. Um, in terms of the recruitment, that, that's taken a bit of uh, bit of flack from the from the fans, Scott. I mean, obviously you're looking from the from the outside, but just looking at for the the notes that I put together for for this podcast, I tend to put the transfers that have happened over the summer. And obviously we've had, what, five in and quite a few out. In terms of the quality they brought in, it, it's good, but actually Jack Ross had mentioned a few times he was looking for depth, and that doesn't seem to have materialised before the deadline. Uh, yeah, it's certainly a, a lengthy uh, departure list. Um, I think one of the most notable ones, and you might touch on it uh, this week, was uh, Nicky Clark yeah. leaving for St. Johnson. I noticed a lot of social media reactions from Arabs uh, a bit, maybe a bit dismayed at that just with the lack of incomings that to let someone of Nicky's quality uh, leave mm. uh, to a rival as well um, certainly doesn't seem to have to have gone down well and um, yeah it was just strange yesterday there was just seemed to be uh, well from the total lack of business there was just no rumours from United mm. you, know, you usually get tip off from all these well, there was a random goalkeeper from, uh, from down south <laughs> yeah. for Dundee and so United strange. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with either of them but. Yeah, me, me and George <laughs> confused glances at each other on <laughs> <in> that one <laughs> yeah it was, it was just odd just uh, strangely quiet um, for United and yeah I mean 
Stephen, you touched on it earlier, Alan, Stephen Fletcher had an excellent game on uh, Wednesday night. At 35, do you think he's old enough to sustain that every week? Yeah, I mean, he's in he's in great nick physically. Um, probably, you know, better nick than when I used, you know, saw him as a young player at, at Hibs. But, uh, you know, under the skin, muscular, there's miles, well, on, the miles clock, on the clock. You yeah. know, so um, it is a, they are certainly taking a risk um, in terms of backup to, to Stephen Fletcher. You've got Tony Watt, who's not played a lot of football as a nine, mm-hmm. um, recently and scored one goal since January. And... Um, you think you're then it's that Anaku who, let's be honest, none of us know uh, if he's any good or not. Uh, he did enough on trial to earn a contract, so you would assume he's got some talent, but it's an unknown quantity. Once you go beyond that, you're looking at guys like Miller Thompson and, and Rory McLeod. So there isn't a great deal of depth there, and Dundee United's policy, and we've touched on it a few times during um, uh, this podcast in the, in the last few weeks, has been one of quality over quantity so mm. there is a gamble element of this they are rolling the dice they're hoping for no injuries and hoping that um talent rather than an ability to rotate uh, often we'll see them through this campaign what i will say is george's uh, d- disgraceful anti-united agenda is really shining through here it's actually eight summer signings so is um, that you, need, you, you need to update your list uh, I'm, I'm glancing at your list and i'm trying to do the maths in my head but uh Sadat's definitely not on it and glenn, oh, yeah. and, and glenn middleton's no, not on neither it he is. but there'll be what there'll be what there's one more as well because oh no i think no it's seven it is seven it's only uh, it's only Sadat and Middleton that are missing. That's off that I am I'm ashamed that's because <laughs> But your your overall points are uh, is absolutely fair. The outgoings <laughs> absolutely um uh you know uh, tower over the incomings and uh, there will be a lot of pressure on I th- it's a strange one. I think Dundee United have signed some really good players. Yeah, they have. There's there's hundred and four caps in those seven players that have come in. So <laughs> these are not bad football players. As is Behitch, for example, is uh, has uh, you know, had a, a sluggish start to his time at United. The the man's got fifty two caps and played all three games at the, the twenty eighteen World Cup mm. for Australia. The notion that he's a hoodie is just silly, you know. So, what is up to the next coach is to actually get the best out of these players, find a shape that suits them. Um, what, I, I, what do, is, I do think that Mark Birgitti will get better as well. I know he's he's come under a bit of flag, but I was looking at some of the stats for the goalkeepers across the, and his stats aren't that bad in terms of general mm. goalkeeping stuff we haven't got beer here for the technicalities obviously but yeah um, I, I, I know there's question marks over him but I, I think he might do better over the season than he has done at the start I think his confidence has been shot yeah. and I think Jack saw that and that's why he took him out of the team whether he comes back into the team um, and the timing of that will, will be interesting Um he was injured in midweek, so that's that, that's a tough one because that could have potentially been a chance for Liam Fox to say new manager, clean slate, uh, clean slate, pardon, mm. and uh, reinstate him. So, but no, that's an interesting one, and, and you know, there's a there's a piece on our our site that people can check out online in terms of you know some of the questions posed by this this United transfer window, and the goalkeeping one is absolutely a question. Will either of yeah. Uh, the current goalkeepers properly stake a claim and prove to be good enough. That is a huge question. And will the lack of signing a defensive midfielder come back to bite them? Or can, as happened at Livingston, to be fair, the midfielders they've got be combative, tenacious, hardworking enough to make up for the lack of a specialised Callum Butcher type? Um, really interesting questions. And I, I don't think they're 
necessarily slamming criticisms of the recruitment department. I just think, you know, they're just interesting um, questions and things that will become apparent in the next few weeks. And in the next few weeks, we'll, we'll probably get our answers in terms of whether mm. it's been a, a properly good or bad um, transfer window because it has been such a mad start to the season for United that we're at risk of making ourselves look silly by making sweeping judgments at this point because so much has gone wrong that a few of these players with a fresh slate and putting everything behind them um, might just kick on. But I, I'm really, I'm not I'm not ready to put this uh, kind of transfer window in the bin for for United. Um, I, I don't think it's been I don't think it's been bad, and, and we'll see whether these gaps in the squad come back to bite them. And I'm really interested about Nicky Clark leaving. Um, obviously, he hadn't really featured that much this season. The player I've said in this podcast a few times that. Player really really like. I mean, when a striker scores forty two goals for your team in one season, kind of <laughs> sticks in the mind. Obviously, that was quite a few years ago and in uh, League One. But going to a rival, well, it's a Premiership rival. Dundee United will hope not to be battling with where we can expect St Johnson to be. But that's a risk as well, isn't it? Come back to bite them. Fans are always. That's immediately where they'll go if, if a player like Nicky Clark's gone to. Aye, Nicky. Nicky can feel hard done by not getting more chances at the start of this season, given uh, United's issues. That's that's for sure. Um, scored ten goals last season in a team that didn't score particularly many goals. Uh, so and. You know, I think he scored 43 goals over his time at Dundee United. Mm-hmm. He's number 33 in their list of all-time record goal scorers. So, really? um, granted, a lot of those goals were in the championship, but yeah, he's level with Jim McIntyre. So, he's been a very, very good player for Dundee United, and he will be a miss. And as I've said, you know, they also not everyone's cup of tea, obviously, but they've also lost Mark McNulty as well. So, mm. there is definitely a lack of experienced cover in attack, and they may have to be imaginative as the as the season goes on but um i would absolutely say that stephen fletcher is an update uh, sorry an upgrade on any traditional number nine they've had since I would agree, yeah. I like probably yeah. probably john daly in terms of a traditional number nine and he's a better footballer than john daly was so if he can stay fit then panic over there's nothing to worry about um if those 35 year old muscles start to wane a little bit and you know, picks up a little strain that keeps him mm. out for six weeks or something, Dundee United could be in a bit of bother. So that's what I mean in terms of it being a really interesting transfer window. Dundee United have taken a punt on getting players in on decent money with good quality and pedigree, but hoping that they can play a lot of football. There might be a bit of panic for yourself if John Daly comes looking. Yeah, he's quite a big man. So. <laughs> I, I, I like John Johnson on a few things uh, with me, so I, I can explain that one in person. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> no worries. Well, Fingers first. Hopefully, United get things back on track. Uh, Mullowell uh, promises to be. I think that should be a really interesting game. That, but anyway, we'll nip across the street and talk about whatever didn't happen. Uh, Dundee. Yeah, uh, quite a lot has happened for Dundee as well in the past week. It doesn't feel like a lot compared to United. Uh, they've been hogging the headlines. But Dundee's defeat at air. Last week, Scott, that was a blow. When obviously Gary Boer wasn't at all happy with his team. But same goes for the fans. It was a really poor night, wasn't it? Yeah, the honeymoon honeymoon period over. Would you say that? Really? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's if he 
gets a couple of wins over the next few weeks. I think we're still in honeymoon <laughs> period. I mean, it was certainly a great start, um, especially at home to Air, who away sorry away to Air, uh, who have started the season on fire. Um, Obviously, you saw them at the start, the first game yeah, of the season against but, Arbroath. Yeah, but, well, Arbroath are the only team that haven't scored against, I think, this season so far. So, uh, so yeah, that, I mean, they're certainly... And, and actually, on that first game of the season, Akinyemi kind of... It just wasn't clicking. And mm. afterwards... Um, um, oh, God, what's the ears manager called? Uh, Lee, Lee Bullen. Lee Bullen, sorry. Yeah, he was saying, you know, it will click, the goals will come, and then sure enough, the very next game, the goals certainly came. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're a, a fantastic team, remarkably different from last season. Yeah. Um, it's pretty stark, uh, the difference, and you could see that, obviously, the the league table haven't lost a game <laughs> yet. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a... started off well for Dundee, but then it soon turned uh, a bit sour and a classic dundee yeah. it felt like we'd we'd watched that movie before um and it, we were talking before we recorded alan about air and frankie masonda at the back obviously you'd seen him a lot at wraith rovers and he didn't really get much mentioned in the, in the post-match sort of stuff but he really dominated and akinyemi at the last end kind of showed what dundee dundee are missing yeah but i mean we showed quite a lot of love for air in the podcast prior to the the game last mm. week in terms of the, the job that Lee Bullen's done there and just their style of play, how intense and physical and forward thinking they are and yeah, Graham Mathy there is a, you know, formerly at Hibs has done a great job in terms of piecing together that, that squad as well they've done well in terms of their recruitment so what you would say is it was a bad, bad night for Dundee but I think in the fullness of time people might look at Ayr as a bona fide playoff yeah. contending promotion chasing team so it might not be one to clutch the pearls about just yet but there's always this perception of it's Ayr and it's Dundee mm. Dundee shouldn't be losing but that's not always how football works out and I think over the course of the season playing Ayr will be something that no team in that league relishes and the, and the key thing was that Dundee you know, found some sort of response, and uh, they managed to they managed to do that. Yeah, it was a pretty comfortable win on on Tuesday night at home to League One Falkirk. It was a decent enough game. Uh, Falkirk played their part, but generally, when you look at the the kind of highlights and the way the chances fell, it was fairly comfortable for Dundee. But new star in the making, Scott Lyle Cameron's really taking his chance. That was his first start since uh, well he hasn't started in the league yet this season but was man of the match, scored a great goal spoke really well after the game uh, wanted to take the penalty <laughs> until it's bold, yeah, yeah I mean it shows the confidence that the young lad's got and he, he wants to score goals and he's the man that will step up he grudgingly gave it up to Zach Robinson to although he did say he was glad that he got his goal Um so it's, it's a positive step, but they have to kind of follow that up uh, on Saturday home to Queen's Park, don't they? Yeah, and again, I've seen Queen's Park um, this season at Gayfield just the other week there, and uh, they looked really, um, really strong. The, the Gayfield gust did not stop them. <laughs> uh, and they actually scored going into the wind um, at, at Gayfield, which was uh, a bit of a surprise. But 
No, they've been Queen's Park have been really good. Owen Owen Coyle's really set up a, a strong team there, and, and former Dundee man and Dundee the uh, season ticket holder Simon Murray used to be, could yeah. come back to uh, to hunt them this weekend, and yeah. he's he's really started the season well um, since been. Well, he was at Queen's Park last season, played a, a key part in getting them back to the championship, but uh, he's really started the season pretty well, and uh, that is one player to certainly. Dundee will have to to watch carefully. Definitely, and obviously, Dundee played Queens Park in the in the Premier Sports Cup, mm-hmm. and beat them fairly convincingly. They, they had to kind of weather a wee bit of a storm to see the game out in the second half. But it does feel like Queens Park have stepped up from there since since, since the real ball has come out. Um, yeah. I think we've seen that. I'm sure. We'll and Dundee, that later. Dundee have maybe stepped back a wee bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, there's. Kind of, uh, their uh, contrasting fortune since the league kicked off is is pretty stark as well. Um, Grant Savory is another great player who caused Abrose a lot him. of uh, a lot of bother on. Uh, I think it was last, no, not last, a week on Saturday. Um, really good player. Um, that said, Dundee are a different team to Abrose this season, which we've <laughs> we've seen. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, certainly one not to be um, a game not to take for granted and as being championship new boys are certainly mm. uh, a lot more about them than, than that that's, yeah. that's, that's plenty with the football George come on what happened on deadline I know well that's <laughs> what I was just going to move on to come on. It's, uh, I was just trying to put it off as much as possible <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened basically um, and some idea journalists were talking about that it was going to be a really busy day. <laughs> I was still expecting a sign. And what was it when you tweeted 13 minutes before midnight? They were still I, trying I to get was something told done. they were working away on something <laughs> that they wanted to get over the line. Didn't have a name or anything like that. But then about five minutes later, got the message it's not happening. Um, yeah, I think frustration would be the word. Gary Bore had obviously said at the start of the week that. He was very keen to have a busy day and get some new faces in, probably have some going out. Uh, none of that happened at all. So press conferences this afternoon, so we'll find out just how annoyed uh, the Dundee manager is with, with that kind of day. I mean, they were there at Cardine through to midnight, working to try and get people in, but nothing came off it they've struggled they've struggled all summer to be honest I think a lot of teams have struggled players don't seem to be moving quite as freely as previously um, possibly possibly Dundee keeping the purse strings tight as well um, it'd be certainly tighter than, than Gary Borey would have experienced down at Salford I, I would think uh, last season so interesting to see what he says Looking from the outside, Alan, they definitely want a striker, and do you feel like that's the, the big, the big glaring hole in that Dundee team at the moment? It certainly seems to be the opinion of the manager. So, yeah. I've, uh, I've, they do have strikers, but most yeah, of them are injured. At the I've not, I've not seen enough to, of, of Dundee to, um, to to necessarily contradict that. So that's clearly what he wants. It's what he's been trying to get in, and I'd imagine it will be maddening that he's not been able to do that it'll be really interesting to see what what Gary Boyer says I mean I mean it's clearly not panic stations at the moment that would just be silly but 
after five games, Dundee would have rather not been four points off the top of the table. You know, mm. that's a, a fairly blatant thing to say. And if Gary Boyer thinks that he needs certain reinforcements in order to stop that gap getting any bigger or to close down that gap, then it'll be really frustrating for him that he's not managed to do that quickly. There's still loan windows open. There's still the free agent market. But the fact that they were working right up until midnight tells you that that wasn't the markets they were targeting. So yeah. that's one market that they were actively targeting gone. So they'll now be yeah, penned into to a different market. So very interesting. Not only just interesting in terms of the incoming, but interesting in terms of the lack of outgoings, which yeah. one could reasonably surmise would have been quite important in terms of um, the yin and yang of the budget and, and mm. balancing things up. And I'm told that... The, they didn't have to get people out to get people in. Right, okay. But obviously it kind of helps, doesn't it? Yeah, well. I, I find it really, the, the Sean Byrne one's interesting because I'm sitting watching that, um, watching the air match on TV and I, with the best will in the world, I was watching the performance of a, a, the midfield in general and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to single anyone out, but um, Mr Grayson didn't have a great game in my uh, view and... Uh, Watching that, thinking it really does cry out for a Sean Byrne. You know, yeah. as it is, it's all it was quite lazy observation sometimes to just look at the person that people have been talking about and who isn't playing and mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, well, they would have made a difference." But genuinely, the the nature of the game, the lack of control, the lack of tenacity, and the lack of control that the United had in the midfield area what, what did seem to be crying out for a Sean Byrne type. So it'll be interesting now that he hasn't gone anywhere, whether or not he might, whether he might, you know, conceivably. Um, conceivably come back into the picture. I think he could play himself back into I mean, Gary Boyer did say that um, it was, he could move on if there was a deal that worked for everybody, if it worked for Sean, if it worked for the club. Otherwise, he'd be part of the squad. Um, and he did, there were offers for Sean Byrne, uh, none that really suited. He's got a kind of very specific... Uh, Kind of personal situation that meant that some some moves just weren't on the table for for him, like they might be for others. So they, he's still there. Um, I think, think a lot. Sorry, I think a lot of Dundee fans, going by some social media reaction, were quite glad to yeah. see him not leave because he's a fan's favourite there. Um, and as you touched on about him possibly getting back in the team, I think that was some of the 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 thoughts of of Dundee fans that he could possibly work his way back in. Um, yeah, I think it was more... Boyer brought in Grayson, so he kind of fancied Grayson to play there, but it wasn't particularly because Sean's... Sean Burns a bad player or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just... He was going with Grayson, but that may change. Yeah, well, as we've often seen with the English players coming up to the Scottish League, the game is uh, entirely different. It's different, and yeah. The, the might, especially in that championship people keep saying it's difficult to get out of which it is but you're going to need someone who knows who knows how to play it and I think Sean Byrne uh, is is that man so you know possibility for him to mm-hmm. to get back in there if he if he can uh, show himself yeah we must stress as Alan said there is still time to get free agents in they can still get loans in until the end of this month uh, 1st of uh, October so there is plenty of time for that. Players can still go out as well on loan. Mm-hmm. So things can still happen. Up for we've kind of talked about wanting a striker in terms of a physical kind of body. 
any sort of body, I think, at the moment. Just because Zach Robinson's their only fit player on Tuesday. Uh, Scott, I mean, th- th- what have you made of him so far? And what have you made of Zach Rudden as well, obviously? He's a player I like, but he, he kind of splits opinion in the Dundee fan base. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a busy player. Uh, but... Damned with faint praise there. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a... He could be one of these guys where fans like him for his, uh, you know, his effort and his tenacity. But um, how many goals he produces, mm. um, you know, that's up for debate. I think he, well, he did well for Partick last season before uh, joining Dundee on loan. So you know, hopefully he could replicate that in the same division. Uh, Robinson looks a tidy player. Came yeah, on, I um, think he's capable. Yeah. Scored a, I think was it header against Arbroath. Yeah, but yeah got up tall to to beat one of uh, I think it was Tam O'Brien who's a you know big defender uh, in the airs to, to win that so you know I, I mean I admit I haven't seen too much of him but, I'm from, but from what I've seen so far he does look a good player but again how long he'll need to take to settle in yeah uh, I'm not sure but it's, it's a shame that you know how how far off is uh, Alex Jakubiak and Killian Sheridan uh, um, these guys are big players that Dundee could be doing with just now. I have to admit, not entirely sure because keep getting told that Ekubiak's been training and he's, he's close to coming back, but then he, he doesn't appear on the Saturday. Um, in terms of Sheridan, I mean, it's long-term injury. It's, it's, you just never really know. He obviously, he's been on the bench, so he was fit enough to, to take a place on the bench, but then has picked up a wee niggle since then. And quite rightly, they're... Uh, Taking easy on him because he's been out for so long. Um, in terms of other injuries, they were really hit by injuries on, on Tuesday night because Jordan Marshall was out, Luke McCowan's out, struggling on the left side for for left lefties. They had Cammy Kerr stepping in at left back. Um, there's other people injured. And I, I can't remember quite. You. When they get everyone back, the squad should be good enough to. We've yeah. talked about this a few times on the on the podcast. That they're not playing as well as they could. I would say, so far, Alan. I think they've got a good squad. Yeah, I, think I think they've got a squad good. that should win the championship. Um, I know that there's this almost cliched obligation to say it's a tough league and anyone can beat anyone. And I think there are some good sides in there. Air United really impressed me, and I think Partick this will have some excellent players under a dangerous team, but. None of that is to say that I don't think Dundee, uh, sorry, Dundee should be winning this league. Mm-hmm. I, I really think they've got enough top-level experience, they've got enough talent, um, they've got enough players who have won promotion to the Premiership before to make me think that they should win this league. And if Gary Boyer doesn't do that, I think that would be disappointing. Obviously, if he was to go up through the playoffs, then it's job done. Mm-hmm. Happy days. Um, but the target should be to win this league. Dundee are the best squad in the division um, and once they get everyone fit, I think Gary Boyer's shown that he's got enough about him to get a tune out of this team. I, I, as I've said before I, I like his I like his plain talking, I like the way he sets up the team in general and I think he's been a, a bit of a breath of fresh air to a club that, that needed it so once everyone's fit, I would back him to get a tune out the out the team but I would also emphasise that once everyone's fit, you'll need to get a tune out of the team because people will look at the squad when everyone's fit and yeah. available. Uh, should they get to that stage and say, well, this team needs to be winning games. Mm. It needs to be winning games well and clicking. So 
um, yeah, there's the, always that balance of, of, of pressure and expectation that, that will, will certainly be there. But I've got a little bit of sympathy just at the moment because you're right, injuries are, are biting. So, the, I mean, it would be it would be naive to ignore that. And uh, talking about Yakubiak, he's still their top goal scorer. I mean, the, 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 he, he was excellent in the, the start of the season, so that's a big loss as well. Queen's Park, sadly, it's a big game actually because Dundee are already three points behind Queen's Park. Team coming up from uh, League One, fans will be expectant. Wiley manager as well. Lots yeah, stuff with a bit of money. Yeah, back in them, and obviously you mentioned Simon Murray coming back. But Dundee need to shrug off the maybe the negatives of disappointment that came from yesterday's kind of deadline day disappointment, and, and show that the, the players they have got there are, are good enough and capable enough to to get them up to the top of the championship yeah definitely and it's an, e- an excellent chance for them to kind of give the fans something to shout about as well because uh, second looking for their second home win of the season mm. which they had to work for against our growth and the the, uh, the atmosphere after that and the positivity around the fans you know was yeah. really pretty high and then to, to have gone from that to to air um, last week um it's quite a stark difference. So this this Dundee we're talking about. Oh, yeah, should of course, be yeah. now. I don't know why I thought <laughs> differently, to be honest. Uh, no, but there there's a real chance for them to you know, as Alan said, claw back that um some of that four point gap or three point gap, sorry, um and start climbing themselves up the table because mm. then after that they've got you know, cove away before I, I, well, a tough game against the Inverness. We were always haven't been on the best runs just now, but Billy Dodds always sets up uh, some tough teams. You'd probably expect them to turn things around at some point mm-hmm. soon. Um, that's probably enough talk about football and transfers that didn't happen. Um, I said that with real vindictiveness. I don't really mean to. <laughs> it's a man that stayed up very, very late <laughs> for no reason. Um, but we've also had some cup draws. Interesting ones for Dundee. Rangers away in the League Cup quarterfinal was maybe not the biggest surprise because that always happens. Um, I, I think I saw somebody post on, on on Twitter Dundee's last five or six quarterfinal draws and they're basically all against Rangers and Celtic. Oh, wow. Um, but the New Saints, interesting one. Welsh team who play in England. Uh, Alan gets trips to... Amsterdam and Alkmaar and Spain and I get to go to Oswestry. At least you'll not be seeing a seven 0 defeat, so I hope not. God. <laughs> um some fans will make it, but move to Friday night, long journey. I mean Scott, you you did the story on the move and how fans took it. It was not a happy camp. I would say. Uh, no, it was uh, all the the joy of uh, of a uh, quotes European tour uh, was quickly <laughs> wiped away when yeah. it was changed to uh, a Friday eight pm kickoff. Which I mean, in a sense, Scotland are playing the following day as are uh, Wales. I think that weekend, so you know, to have it on the same time might have put some people off, but. Yeah, it's, it's not an ideal uh, time for, for the working people to, to get down there at such short notice as well. It's only a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Um, and to arrange travel and all that. It's, yes, yeah, 
it is going to be on TV, but you know, fans are pointing out that you know they haven't been consulted during this, which. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the clubs were particularly yeah. had anything to do with it either. I think they just get told. Um, but Friday night, yeah, I don't think anybody took into account. It was a five-hour journey for, for Dundee fans to drive there. Also, is S4C not a Welsh language channel as well? Yeah, but I think you can. I think there's a red button. Oh, so there's a red button. Okay. Which oh. that's a, a small saving grace, <laughs> yeah. as well as not being able to get to the game. Uh, I thought the TV was going to be in a language that nobody <laughs> could understand. <laughs> so maybe Alba could learn something from that. I don't know, but but yeah, it's a it's been a really positive week for Dundee, isn't it? Despite the fact they won three now, um, fans haven't been that happy, but. No. Hopefully, hopefully Saturday be, they'll be happier. Um, before we finish up, uh, since we've got Scott here, we'll talk about the joy of covering our growth this season. They've, they've been struggling. Obviously, last season was great. This season has been a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. And obviously, they're in Dundee's league, so it's kind of relevant. I think a lot of Dundee hard. fans are, well, maybe speaking out of turn here, but I think a lot of Dundee fans have a soft spot for for our growth um, but yeah last season's fairy tale has um, turned into a bit of a, a nightmare I think to be honest um, haven't won a game yet this season um, we're last season's top scorers have only scored three so far one was a penalty and two have been bundled over the line so uh, yeah lacking lack real kind of attacking flair um, brought in ten players but they really need a striker in one of them, Kieran Shanks. Sounds that, familiar, that. Yeah, <laughs> former colleague almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he, he had a good season in the Highland League last year with um, uh, for Martin United, I think. Um, but that's four four divisions below, so step, yeah. can he replicate that? We'll have to see. And then yesterday they brought in a, a guy from... Uh, well, he's. I think he's been out without a club since January. Um, Kareem Isiaka. Um, so we'll wait and see the juries out on them. I believe they had a couple of players that they were trying to line up from loans down south, but that didn't materialise. So, as we've touched on with Dundee, there's the opportunity to to get players in for the rest of the season, but they will be competing with yeah other teams in their league with the small pool from the Premiership. So. Yeah, they'll just have to hope the goals will come from somewhere. Yeah, so it could be worse, Dundee fans. It could be <laughs> yeah. struggling at the bottom of the table. Um, hopefully both teams get back to it the where we kind of expect them to be. Um, big games of the weekend. Uh, Queen's Park for Dundee on Saturday. After that, I'll be away for two weeks. So, And the Bear is away as well. So it's going to be a whole new... Lineup almost. Yeah, Alan, I'll you're taking taking the hot seat. Probably scour the, the loan market, see yeah. what free agents are out there, and we'll see what sort of team <laughs> we can cobble together for next week, shall we? Yeah. Well, let's hope we have a better deadline day for two teams one street than uh, Dundee and United had. So, with that, I'll just say thanks for listening, and I'll see you in a few weeks. But uh, Alan, Alan, I'll see you next week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us.
Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetelly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.